Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. (laughs) So this week I am in beautiful Byron Bay, Australia. It's like one of the most beautiful towns. It's so chill, so cool. It's like a little surf town on the East Coast, uh, just south of Brisbane. And it is like one of the most beautiful days. It's so warm, such a nice break from like the cold spell, the cold snap that we've been having in Ottawa. So yeah, it's just so, it's so beautiful here. I can't even describe it. Um, I can hear the ocean 100% of the time. The waves coming in, they're so soothing. It's like, just, it's a magical place. I don't know, I'm not sure if you guys can hear the ocean through the mic, uh, but it's there and it's so lovely. Uh, so, so uh, I've been in Australia for almost a week now and I've been having a very interesting time. So overall, it's been great. I'm, I came here for a yoga retreat uh, for one week in Byron Bay, which I'm here now, but I had plans before the retreat and then after the retreat. Um, and, you know, there's been some adversity that I've faced. So I am making the most of my holiday. However, not everything has gone to plan. <laughs> and I've had to make several adjustments uh, to like my expectations and my budget, to be honest. Um, and this got me thinking about today's topic. So today I, I want to talk about the ego. <laughs> how did, how did I go from that story to the ego? <laughs> I'll explain this. This may be a controversial podcast as well, especially for those listeners who aren't in a place in their lives to accept a different perspective on the matter. The ego is a sensitive word. It's a sensitive subject. And um, this podcast might not be for everyone, but I do encourage everyone to listen. Um, I want to share um, some of my new beliefs on the ego, what it is, how mine affects my emotions and decisions and overall happiness and well-being. And I'll also give you some real life examples of what I'm talking about a little bit later. But first, I think I need to explain what I mean by like new beliefs, right? So, I mean, new as in developing over the last few years, but my beliefs on the ego have been acquired through the practice of awareness. You know, I've started to meditate a little bit, which furthers my practice of awareness in in this practice of meditation, in stillness, in bringing my attention back into the now, into this moment right now. And I I do want to say a few of my biggest teachers with whom I I think I speak about these people all of the time um, is the first one is an author, author Don Miguel Ruiz. He I wrote The Four Agreements, which is like my Bible. There's also Yoda, who is my spiritual teacher, Adele Stratton. And and someone who has really jumped into the forefront here these days for me is Eckhart Tolle. 
Um, he wrote, he wrote the, the power of now and a new earth. It's very, very powerful stuff. Um, but all of these th three teachers primarily, but a lot of, a lot of others out there have really helped me to awaken to something new and to a new way of being. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, I think you have an idea of what that is. And you are also awakening to a new way of being just by listening here today. So, um, that being said, I want to state before I get started that this podcast is simply meant to share with you all where I'm at in my journey of awareness, uh, through real life experiences. So I don't want to tell you what to do. I do not wish to tell you what to think or what to believe. However, over the course of the next 45 minutes or so, it may be an interesting practice for you to listen and try to identify the ego within you. So as we become more aware, it's easy to pick out the ego in others. <laughs> I'm sure this is like something most of you are actually really good at. I know I'm freaking good at it. <laughs> so let's flip the coin and draw the attention towards ourselves. Okay. Uh, now the ego has a pretty bad reputation around here, right? <laughs> um, I'm going to get right into it. Growing up, I learned that, you know, only the loud, obnoxious, A-type personalities had an ego. You know, like the businessmen and women um, with their sports cars doing whatever they wanted, uh, or the women who had to control everything and make you feel inferior. Uh, I actually remember having a conversation growing up with, um, with people saying like, wow, he or she had such a big ego. You know, have you heard some people talk like that? You know, I, I actually, I hear it today all the time too. I was actually talking about this this morning with a friend of mine who's at the retreat and she said she went on a date with this guy who had the biggest ego. <laughs> he just had so much to prove, you know? Um, so it is, it is something that we are all picking up on. It's as part of our vocabulary. And, you know, people with big egos are for some reason considered bad. They're bad people or mean, or we label them as having big egos to, I don't know, justify the way we feel so that we feel better about the situation. And yes, these the examples I gave above, you know, it is the ego at work, but what I'm learning is that the ego lives in all of us and goes much deeper than one particular style of behavior. So in fact, labeling someone as having a big ego is actually our own ego at work. Okay. It's our way of trying to make ourselves feel better. It's our own ego that is defending itself to protect our personal importance, which has been perceived to be attacked by another person. Okay. So the ego lives in us as self-identification. It's our self-importance. It's the body that makes all of our experiences personal, okay? So the ego is the belief of who we think we are. It's the labels, it's the I am. And we identify with those I am's and believe that we are those I am's. For example, uh, I am a teacher. I am a mother. I am a doctor. Heck, heck I am a podcaster. Okay. You get it. So, um, I kind of want to talk about this again. I have mentioned this before. Um, 
Yoda's chart, okay? Chart on the self. I've, I've mentioned this before. Um, and if you listen to my very first podcast on awareness, you might remember. Um, but if you haven't listened, then I strongly recommend that you do. Anyways, what I, I want to say it again. Up on Yoda's wall, Adele Stratton at her office on the wall is a triangular photo and it's, it represents the self. Um, it has the word the self in the middle of the triangle and at each point there's one word. So the words are ego, body, and inner self. So us, we human beings are made up of three things, the ego, the body, and the inner self. Now, I'm not entirely sure why this visual was so important for me to like in my understanding of everything. Um, But as I embraced the belief that I am not my body, which is the human form, or not only my body, which is the human form, I'm not only my ego, which is the mind, the thinking, um, and I'm not only my inner self, which is that spirit um, alone, this picture just, it became so clear to me. So let's talk about the ego, or should I say the voice in the mind, or the thoughts in the mind, the self-importance, the self-identification. I have an ego. I am not free of ego. This is my goal in life. My goal in life is to be free of the ego, okay? Uh, My ego, and I believe that all egos are very sensitive, (laughs) and will fight to the death to defend themselves, okay? So... Here's how the ego is at play in the mind. At any point when we feel superior or inferior in any given situation, this is the ego. When we get offended or hurt, this is the ego. When we compare and fall under the spell of the judge or the victim, this is the ego. When we experience addiction even in a lot of facets here addiction whether that's to food sex drugs rock and roll alcohol whatever it may be this in large part has become an addiction because of the ego and when we feel the need to defend our self-importance or prove something to the world this is the ego not just the world to ourselves Um, I think you you understand that though. The ego is constantly at play subconsciously and it's ranking us or ranking you amongst others. I I listened to this, I listened to Eckhart Tolle speak about this the other day. Um, And he said, and I'm 1000% paraphrasing here, but he said something along the lines of this. The ego is the role we play in our lives. It is, our, is, it is our identification to the self, okay? So that's why when we are in social situations, so often the first question people ask is, what do you do? And uh, of course the ego goes into the labels and we start talking about our jobs and our rules and immediately start to rank each other with our vision of importance, okay? So behind the scenes, we're comparing and either ranking ourselves as superior or inferior to another person or even the situation. So, you know, we are all human beings here. We are all living, we are all a living life force, okay? We're all the same. 
yet we establish a sense of superiority or inferiority to fill that ego's fire, like to fuel it, if you will, and create separation amongst us. The ego is our sense that we are separate from everyone else, okay? You know, I'm at a party and I meet a doctor. Well, you know what? I'm a waitress. <laughs> so my ego, ego tells me that I'm already inferior to that person. Oh, he's a doctor, therefore um, he's more important. And therefore I victimize myself. You know, this doctor must know more than me. He or she is better than me. And I'm not important, I'm a victim. And then the subsequent behaviors that are patterns within us that follow depending on my level of inferiority or my level of attachment to that particular role, okay? The same goes the other way. You know, I'm a professional skier and um, you're only a recreational one. This means I'm superior. <laughs> this means I have more power over you. I am better. This is my ego giving me a sense of superiority like over another human being. Like, does any of that resonate with you guys? Have you experienced this in some way, shape, or form? I find it so fascinating because I do. I experience this. This happens subconsciously in my brain. The thoughts as I'm going, learning about new people and ranking myself amongst them. It's it's just so interesting. And this this example is... is it, it's a remarkable aha moment for me because am I better? <laughs> am I a better human being because you know the level in which I can ski or you know the level in which I'm educated? What if I was a waitress with a PhD in psychology or a master's in aerospace engineering? Like what, what would that make me then? You know, think about that for a second. Like, the ego is constantly labeling ourselves and other people and trying to bring up its level of self-importance. Now, I know many people out there might be saying, you know, well, I am a doctor <laughs> or whatever you might label yourself or associate with. And this is 100% excellent. There's nothing wrong with being a doctor. I wanna make this clear. Our labels are not bad. It's part of our domestication. It's our definition of the role we play within the labels that is, I don't know, the problem. I don't know. It affects the way we feel about ourselves, okay? And it can hurt us. It hurts us. So I want to, I just want to explain how they can cause us pain. The labels cause us pain and how they fuel that ego. So let's use, for argument's sake, the label of mother. Okay, or father, if that resonates better with you in your mind. So there are many people out, like, out there that label themselves as mother. I am not one of them, just for the record, I am not a mother. Um, mother does mean something to me though. It actually means uh, many different things to many different people, okay? So my definition of what the word mother means is it might be different than someone who actually is a mother, okay? Now, in my five-day awareness challenge that we did at the beginning of January, I asked, I used this example specifically, I asked everyone to look at their own attachments that they've created um, to the labels in their own lives, and I used the example of mother. So, we all understand what the word mother means, but what does a good mother mean? Okay, does that change? Or maybe ask yourself, can only a woman who has born a child be a real mother? So this is where we all differ, and it, it, isn't it interesting that we all have a different belief and opinion of the exact same word? 
mother. Where the ego comes into play is that it identifies with the role of mother. So mother becomes an ideology in many cases because there's self-identification to the belief or the, of the role. If you don't believe a, a mother, if you're a mother and you don't believe a mother is the same thing that I believe, or you don't have to necessarily be a mother, I guess, but if you don't believe in the same thing that I do, then you're wrong and I'm right. Okay, see what happened there? I'm superior, you're inferior. And in some instances, mothers attack other mothers. I see this on social media all the time, actually. It's in the news, it's on TV shows, it's movies, it's drama, right? Like people judge, they rip other people apart for how they raise their children. And is this justifiable? Is this a positive, loving way to live your life? Is this exemplifying self-love? I'm not sure. I'm not one to judge, but I'm definitely one to question. It's just, it's so interesting. It's an interesting question to ponder. So yes, you are mother, but we forget that being a mother is not a rule. It's actually a function. There's a function, okay, of the function of being a mother. These labels exist for, I don't know, order and a means to communicate. However, you know, Playing the role of these labels is the ego at work. It is the self-identification. The ego loves the role. It loves to identify with roles. The function of being a mother is completely separate from the roles we play. I don't know, the function of being a mother would be to uh, raise your child, to make sure that they're safe, they're clothed, they're fed. You know, those are functions, but we develop our own sense of the role, okay? I think, uh, I'm explaining this enough. I don't want to repeat myself too, too much, but um, a question you might ask yourself, if you, if you have a strong identification with a label, you might ask yourself, um, you know, what if these labels were taken away or what if this specific label was taken away? Then who would I be? Okay, so if you call yourself mother or doctor or whatever and that label was taken away, what's left? Okay. And this, this is a harsh reality that I personally faced when I missed the Olympic games. I have spoke of this before. I'll just mention it again. I had completely identified myself as an Olympian and I worked my entire life towards elite athletics. And then when it was gone, what did I do? Who did I become? I was lost. Actually, I was confused. I lost my sense of self. I was so identified with you know, quote unquote, Olympian, that when I did not fulfill that role, I went into a very deep, deep depression. And I punished myself over and over for this failure, okay? For, for this, uh, when, when I was no longer the Olympian, okay? I attached my entire self to that role. It was fanatical. <laughs> it was also, I can see this now, I couldn't then, I can see it now, um, that was my ego at play. So we see this with other roles too. You know, people lose their jobs and they commit suicide. They, their team loses the Super Bowl and they take their own lives. In fact, the Super Bowl was this past weekend. Did, did anyone, or if anyone's a fan out there, did anyone feel a personal sense of loss 
when their team lost, you know, they, they felt bad about who they were when the team lost, okay? The ego masks itself as the rule we must live in our lives as opposed to the function we choose to fulfill our human needs, okay? This also occurs with knowledge. Uh, for example, does our knowledge make us better human beings? Okay. And it occurs with our behaviors. Um, this particular example I want to share really hit home for me. And here's why. So I'm learning how to forgive. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, I'm, I don't know why I'm laughing. It's, it's just such an interesting thing. It's my ego is being challenged right now. Um, um, you might hear me speak about this more and more. Actually, you definitely will because I'm 1000% going to do a podcast on forgiveness um, all on its own because I, like, I, I personally, I'm now in a place in my life where I'm ready to forgive and it's, it's very interesting. However, through awareness, I've discovered that my ego loves to identify with the hurt, okay? That emotion of the hurt, the behavior of being hurt and the feelings of unworthiness that I, I've attached myself to. Um, it takes everything personally and it plays the role of victim in order to punish others. So this is really interesting to me because I've done this countless times in my life. So when I feel hurt um, or when I have felt hurt, um, what my ego immediately does is it goes into self-defense mode and tries to figure out how to increase my self-importance once again. So what I do in the victimization process, um, I victimize myself and suffer and show my suffering. Look at me suffering, you person who hurt me. Look at what you've done to me, okay? Look at me suffer. So I subconsciously choose to stay in my suffering in order to hurt someone else. Like that's, that's messed up in a lot of ways. And I, I did this a lot and I still kind of find myself looping back into that pattern because it's like, it's like this behavioral pattern that I go into. Look what happened, look what you, look how you made me feel, okay? So my suffering in a way makes me feel superior to others because I'm pulling them down and causing them grief and guilt or whatever. And I'm in essence manipulating my interpretation of the situation in order to fulfill my self-importance. It's actually like, it's, it's fucked up. It's hard to swear, but that's like, that's kind of fucked up. Okay. How, how that behavior is ingrained with me, but that is my ego. Okay. It's not the obnoxious guy, a type woman personality. Um, it, it's the victim as well. Okay. And as I've, I'm practicing forgiveness, my ego has been challenged in the most interesting ways. So before I would rather suffer and stay in my comfort zone of suffering than risk letting it go. Okay. Cause I became identified with the suffering. I, I, I actually heard this quote somewhere and I wrote it down, but I'm not sure who said it. I think it was actually Oprah, but I'm not sure. Um, and this is the quote. Okay. So there's no greater battle in life than the battle between the parts of you that want to be healed and the parts that are comfortable and content remaining broken. Okay. So my thoughts would make me suffer. My behaviors would make me suffer. And quite honestly, 
They still do sometimes today, but as I bring more awareness into my life, meaning conscious awareness to the now, to right now, I've begun to create some space between the thought and the inner self. So the thought, the ego, and my spirit. There's some space there. Living in the now creates some space. I learned that from Eckhart Tolle, and he, or Tolle, um, I always call him Tolle, I don't know why. Um, he describes it perfectly. He says, awareness is the space between thoughts, period. <laughs> and once we can create some space, we see the thought differently. We can see that we are not the thought and that the thought is what we've learned. So last fall, I actually went and saw Eckhart Tolle live uh, with my mom and my sister. And during his presentation, he said this, I wrote this down because I was like, wow, um, really interesting. So this is what he said, quote, as we grow up, we learn things, see things, acquire knowledge, skills, and experiences and we begin to create a personalized lens over our eyes. Then we assume everyone else is wearing the same glasses. Now this resonated a lot with me because I do talk about the lens that we wear. I just did an Instagram post about it. Um, our, Our perspective, our mindset. And I just, I love how he sort of um, pulls it all together Uh, because we do assume that everyone sees things the way we do right and that's and that's the game the ego plays I just loved it Um, I assume (laughs) based on what I've learned in my life in my circumstances that everyone feels the same way I do you know like the ego is so tricky in that regard it separates us it makes us feel like we're alone in this world however Even with the slightest bit of awareness, we can shift the lens in which we see the world, shift our perspective, and release that grip and that old pattern, the old belief. We can create some space, and within that space, question our assumptions and question the voice in the mind. Where is this coming from? Why am I doing this? Why am I reacting this way? Why am I behaving this way? Why am I letting this situation pull me down and affect me so deeply? Okay, those are the questions, right? Whatever they might be for you, those are, I guess, questions that I ask myself. Um, Okay, so how do we do this? (laughs) Every single teacher that I've encountered speaks about the practice of living in the now. Eckhart Tolle, you wrote a book. It's called The Power of Now. If you haven't read it, you should read it. Uh, uh, Everyone talks about coming back to the now. When we live in the now or in the present moment, there is no stress. Stress comes when we project ourselves into some future moment. (laughs) And that future moment, we believe, will be better than the one (laughs) that we're living right now. Has anyone ever done that? I do it all the time. Or it comes uh, when we're reliving the past. So we're in the past. We punish ourselves, regret, relive the pain over and over again. I've said this many times before, but I love to project myself into the future. I fantasize about the future and how it's going to be so much better than right now. Oh my God, I catch myself in these moments of comparing this moment to some future moment, but then what? When the future moment comes, that's right now, 
I'm still projecting myself further again. Okay, so like even this Australia trip, I was thinking about it forever. I could not wait. I am living it right now. You know, if I'm if I'm projecting myself in the future of how much work I have to get done when I get back home, you know, how am I living in this moment? I'm creating, I'm pulling stress into this moment, which I projected to be the best moment. I'm pulling stress by by anticipating the future and how much work I have. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, is this making sense? When the future comes, it's still right now. <laughs> so I'm never, when you're, you're not living in the now, you're never really appreciating life to its fullest potential. So I've read about this belief many times by many people. Uh, I believe it, but having the knowledge of it and actually doing it is two very different things. At least it is for me. Okay. So a lot of people read a lot of books and they know these things, but do, how do you actually put that into action? You've heard of walking the walk or excuse me, walking the talk. Okay. A lot of people can talk, but they can't walk the walk. So, um, in this whole practice, the, uh, the, at first I was, I was able to recognize the ego in others. And this, this, you know, is most identifiable during times of stress. So when a person is facing adversity, what role do they begin to play? How are they making themselves feel superior in the situation? What is their reaction? Why is the situation causing them so much stress? Okay. We see that in other people. Um, I'm sure we can all think of a situation where we have, uh, identified an explosive reaction or behavior in someone else, right? It's actually super easy, in my opinion, to see this in others. It's also super easy to call them out on it. But the second someone calls us out on it, like me, if someone called me out on it, what do I do? One of the things that people say that hooks me the most, and by hook, I mean it awakens the ego within me. It, it scars me, is uh, when someone says, Listen, Elisa, don't take it personally. You're taking it personally. Don't. Ugh. What do you mean don't take it personally? This is personal. <laughs> Has anyone else ever felt that or said that? Maybe not out loud, but in your minds. So <laughs> when this is happening, we have no awareness. So when I'm being hooked, when that ego is fire, okay, I'm not aware. I'm not in the now. There's no space. The funny part is that it's not personal. We only, no situation is ever personal. We make it personal because we attach ourselves to our personal importance to the situation. When we take things personally, we are fueling the ego. We are wearing the lens of, of blame, of fear, of attachment, Okay, we are making ourselves hurt. Okay, we are taking a situation and personalizing it to make ourselves suffer. And our ego makes us believe that the other person is the one hurting us. But really, really, we are hurting ourselves. We are the only person responsible for the way we feel. And, and this goes back to when I feel hurt. When I feel hurt, I am taking it personally. Okay, I am identifying with what someone else has said or done, and I'm believing it to be true. 
without awareness, without that pause or space or moment of living in the now, my belief about who I am controls me and my emotions and my reactions. Okay. So does that, uh, does that make sense? We, nothing, there's no action or behavior, any, there's nothing that someone else can do that is personal. Everything I do is because of what I believe. It's not because of what they believe. They just make it about themselves. What you do, I and if I take it personally, it's because I am making it personal. It's never personal. And what happens with awareness, well, what is happening now is that I can see the thoughts as words, okay, and phrases and verbal diarrhea or whatever you want to label them. And I'm able to recognize that this is the voice of knowledge in my mind, the voice of the beliefs I have acquired based on, you know, my conditionings and and domestication in life and what I've learned and identified with over the course of my life. So this is not necessarily my truth. Okay? It's just what I've agreed. It's just what I've agreed with it. So it must be true, right? And we've all made these agreements over the years and everyone's agreements are different. The ego is the voice that says, I am right. So when I hear myself say, I am right, it's almost like a cue. <laughs> oh, wait a second here. Hmm, who's talking? Let's come back to the now and create some space. Um, so here's a very recent example of a situation where I faced adversity uh, and or stress or whatever with difficulty and uh the practice of awareness helped me to detach from the grip of the ego and allowed me to accept the moment as it is what it is i was instead of like succumbing to the suffering and this was big for me okay so a couple of weeks ago i um <laughs> i lent my car to a good friend of mine a very trustworthy friend um she had her car actually had broken down and uh, she just needed a vehicle for the night. And I was uh, very happy and very comfortable giving her my car. And she could have had it for as, as long as she wanted really, but it was only, it only happened to be one night. Um, and so, so yeah, this was a Tuesday night. So Tuesday night, she borrows my car, no problem. And parks it outside of her house. Wednesday morning, it just so happened to be like, the snow squall of the century i swear to god it snowed like two feet during the day and the roads were atrocious now my girlfriend her name's nina she lives on a one-way street and it's like not a crazy thin one-way street it's like a normal one-way street there's parking on the left side um and uh one-way traffic so she was going to take the car somewhere she was going to drive it so she's outside shoveling the the snow and um, a, a truck comes down the street and just as it passes my car, it, it lost control a little bit. It slipped or the snow pulled it or whatever happened and boom, it smashes into my mirror, okay? It smashes into the mirror of my car and breaks the mirror. The mirror didn't break off or anything. It just kind of like popped the mirror, it broke it. And of course, um, Nina felt responsible and and, and just terrible. And she called me, I was actually at work. I was working at Pure Kitchen and um, she's like, I know you're busy, but I have to tell you what just happened. 
uh, a, tr- a truck came by and it hit your mirror and oh my god I feel so bad and it kept going like it was a hit and run and I'm like okay okay it's about to get busy at the restaurant and I'm like I, I can't handle this right now like I can't deal with this situation I need to just put it on the side it's not a big deal it's just the mirror whatever okay taking deep breaths you know, coming back into the moment, I'm okay, everyone's okay, nothing's crazy here, no problem. So I'm thinking, you know, uh, can you go take a picture of the uh, of the of the mirror because I just, you know, I'm, I started texting with my mom. You know, my stepdad knows a guy, and maybe we can get the mirror fixed, and it's not a big deal. Just take a picture. I want to see what the damage is like. Whatever. Nina goes outside, and she takes a picture. Oh, actually, first of all, she she moved the car two spaces up and forward to be more in the snowbank. It was so much snow, it was so much so in the snowbank that she needed to shovel her way out of the door, like to get out. So she she actually went out the passenger side door and like shovel tunneled her way to get into the driver's side. So it was really tucked in. There's cars parked all along the street. So she goes out to take a picture of the of the mirror and a food truck comes by. Now the food truck um, as it passes my car, the back end of it slips somehow and sort of like fishtails and smashes my front passenger side bumper. It explodes. Okay. So now Nina's just watching this happen, thinking, what the hell? The food truck takes off, hit and run again. And that both of those trucks knew that it hit my car right? But they both took off. So here's my car. Poor Nina. She's out there watching this happen. My car smashed and she calls me in a frenzy. Like she's like, you're never going to guess what happened. Oh my God. I was outside taking a picture and a food truck comes and she explains the whole thing to me. And I'm just like, okay, now it's really busy. So I have to work and I'm like, okay, great. Now this is like an insurance claim and oh, I have to pay a deductible and then going in my mind and all these thoughts start to come up. And I, I really had to stay present in order to, you know, let this go. I couldn't take on that energy in that moment. I had my focus needed to be elsewhere and I needed to really breathe and stay grounded. And I was using all of my skills during this story and I felt really bad for Nina, but I couldn't even give her attention outside of the fact that I'm like, it's okay. Like, this is okay. It's going to be okay. Like, this sucks for you. I understand you feel responsible. Don't. It is what it is. It's, it's not your fault that people are hitting the car. And, you know, I, I really had to, you know, keep Zen. (laughs) So I get a little tiny break in the rush of the restaurant and I I actually asked her to go um, and take a picture of the bumper. (laughs) Something about the cue of me asking her to take a picture. So she's like, yes, no problem. She goes outside, she's taking a picture. Um, As a city plow rounds the corner uh, and starts driving down the street and I kid you not, the city plow smashes, sideswipes my entire vehicle, smashing the mirror clean off, okay? The mirror is clean off now, the bumper smashed, the whole passenger side of my car is destroyed, okay? Completely destroyed. (laughs) 
Nina. She calls me and she's like, oh God, you're never going to believe what happened. And she told me about the plow. And at that point, I bursted out laughter. I, I bursted out laughing. I like couldn't believe it. It was the most unbelievable story. Three times in the matter of like two hours that happened. Okay. Like what are the freaking chances of that? Honestly. So again, Nina's actual reaction to me laughing was, I, I think, and I'm not going to speak for her, but the way I kind of felt, she, she was taken aback by it because here I am, my car is getting destroyed and I'm laughing about it. Well, what else can you do? It's already done. It is what it is. But you know what? Honestly, I felt relief in a lot of ways because I'm like, great, the city is responsible and they're taking responsibility. Now, my level of gratitude towards Nina was huge. She had to do the police report. She you know, had to deal with all of this emotion and stress, which she did like a champ. And, you know, she was holding on to it all. And I, and I'm like, I don't want to do that. How, why would I suffer in this scenario? You know, like I can't, it's, it has, it's completely out of my control. This is happening completely out of my control. I'm not going to hold on to it. So I didn't, I laughed it off and, you know, Later that night, I went over to Nina's house and we figured out what to do. We got like my car towed and the insurance and started and everyone was super lovely. I got a rental car, uh, but we had, you know, a really, really, really nice vodka martini. <laughs> and we had a really, really nice laugh about the whole situation at the end. You know, it could have gone two ways. It could have gone two ways. It could have gone, you know, me being really upset, you know, people would lose friendships over this type of scenario. It would could have caused me ongoing stress. You know, I don't want that. So why would I hold on to it? I didn't. And it went another way. It went into a really positive direction where, you know, I felt appreciation for my friendship. And, you know, Nina and I talked about it. Like we celebrated the fact that, you know, we are such good friends and that we do trust each other and we took care of each other in this situation in a really beautiful and positive way. And that's kind of what this teaching and this awareness and this space has allowed me to do. Okay. In the past, I probably wouldn't have reacted that way. Now with practicing this living in the now, understanding the ego and when it, when it starts to flare and fire up and be fueled inside of me, like what to do, how to breathe, how to come back to the now. Okay. It was a very beautiful story. Uh, another one I just kind of talked about at the beginning of this podcast with Australia here, I had plans to go to, uh, like I flew into Brisbane, which flying to Australia from North America, especially the East side is like a trek. It's like a 24 hour minimum travel. Um, you're on a plane for like 17 hours for, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> Um, so I arrived here and, uh, my last leg was to go up North. I was going up to this place called Airlie beach. It's called the airport was Proserpine. Um, and we're about to touch down. I swear to God, we're 40 meters from the ground. I could like, if you were standing on the ground waving, I could like see you and wave back. Okay. Um, the, the, the plane surges. The, 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 the engines surge, they fire up and we start climbing again. And everyone's like, what the heck's happening? So I'm in this plane and 
we are not landing. We are freaking taking off again. Um, the captain comes on and just explain like, because of visibility, it's really bad weather. We can't land the plane. So we actually tried four times to land the plane. It was four times of almost touching down, you know, like the, the, the wheels are out, the landing gears out, we're ready to go. And we surge back up and, you know, tempers are starting to flare. There's emotions flaring. I've been traveling for like 30 hours at this point. And, you know, we decide to go back to Brisbane and the airline was awesome. They put us up in a hotel, but you know, I wasn't where I wanted to be and I was tired and I was hungry and I didn't want to have to deal with this. I just, I had this expectation of what my trip was going to be like. And it was in day one, hour one, it was, it was not what I expected. Um, in fact, planes weren't flying in and out of that particular airport. They still aren't. It's like been a week. It's been really awful <laughs> up there. So, you know, this was uh, another situation where I was actually, um, I needed to come back into this moment. You know, it is what it is. It's out of my control. I can be angry and stressed and mad and say this trip ruined, this part of my trip ruined the entire, my entire trip to Australia. Uh, but instead I chose to, you know, be grateful and appreciate, you know, th the beauty of Brisbane. And I was kind of stranded in Brisbane. I, I decided to make some phone calls to the hotel that I had booked in Airlie Beach. And they were like, no problem. We're going to postpone your trip to the end. To, so after your yoga retreat come up and, you know, the airlines, I rebooked my flights and everything just kind of like happened. Yeah, I did spend some money. I was uh, that unexpected um, hotel in Brisbane. But, you know, that's that's life and that's okay. And I had an excellent time. The hotel even upgraded me <laughs> to this massive room. I was staying in this gorgeous hotel room that was a suite with like a kitchen and a couch and a king size bed. You know, I was just so appreciative of all these things and it just kind of fueled this, this uh, great experience that I wasn't you know, originally going to have. I could have, like I said, made it a really awful experience, but I chose not to. And that's just living in the now and creating space between the thought, the ego, you know, cause those thoughts did come into my head both times, you know, like with the car, it was like, this is, fu this is fucked. Like what the fuck? I'm so mad right now. Wait, pause, breathe. Why are you mad? How can you can like, what control do you have over this situation? What is happening right now in your body? You know, those are questions that I started to ask. Same with in Australia, even being so jet lagged and tired and hungry when you're like, mm. you know, I, I was, there was a moment in the airport. I had to check myself as I was like, what the actual fuck? I'm so mad. And then, you know, same questions. Well, how, how can, what control do you have over this situation? Nothing, lady. So it was just a nice little check, okay? A nice check. So those two stories, I mean, kind of crazy. How would you react to those things? Like, What kinds of stories in your life can you reflect on and what were your reactions? Um, and how could it have been better if you practiced living in the now? You know, 
as I move through this life and create more space between the thoughts, I'm healing some of the old wounds that live in me. I, it's that practice of forgiveness that I want to keep talking about here. I'm starting to forgive. This practice of living in the now and detaching from the grip of my beliefs, of my ego, is healing me. Interesting. <laughs> it's making life so much more enjoyable, so much there's so much more ease, you know, I'm letting go of that want to have stress, cause that comfort zone of the stress. Like, I don't actually want that, you know, I want to get out of it. It's change for sure. And change is, uh, has some discomfort for sure. But this living in the now is healing. I'm learning more and more about the ego, about my own ego and how it works subconsciously behind the scenes. Okay, and that practice is healing. It's allowing me to forgive myself. It's allowing me to feel a sense of compassion in situations where there was never compassion before. So I know that not everyone in the world is in a place to give a shit about this topic, but I do. And it's changing the lens in which I see the world. And I think this topic is so fascinating and I would love to continue this discussion, honestly, outside of this podcast. I would love to hear your views. Like, what do you think about the ego? Did you learn anything new today? You know, do you agree or do you disagree with my point of view? This is all, I would love to continue this discussion. So, so please, if you follow me on Instagram, it's at Elisa Curry Lowitz, at E-L-I-S-A-K-U-R-Y-L-O-W-I-C-Z. Then DM me or... Uh, tell me your views in a comment um, because yeah I, I really do want to continue this this conversation and with that I'm gonna sign off and that's all for today <laughs> so if you enjoyed this podcast again please let me know DM me on IG or if you have not done so yet please go to Apple podcast and leave a review that was a big one <laughs> thank you guys all so much for listening Have the best day until next time.